is Tansley Stearns? Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading Community Financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Huzzah! Despite Impossible, season one is a wrap. I'm here to celebrate and reminisce with Rockstar and CU Insight CEO and my good friend, Lauren Culp. We're sharing some meaningful moments from our first 41 episodes. Join us for our journey through some special humans' impossible dreams, plus our take on how they've inspired us to keep dreaming. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. We made it to the end of season one. I don't know how that happened. Thank you for having me on, Tansley. This has been an amazing first season. And for those who may not know the story behind Despite Impossible, could you give our listeners just a quick backstory? What was the inspiration for starting the podcast? You know, when I got here, I started talking about impossible things. And we had a team member who asked me, you know, I don't know why you keep saying impossible things, because you do know that when you say impossible, that means it can't happen. And it really got me thinking about what it really means to dream boldly and how important it is to have those inspirations in our life and about the many human beings around me who are so spectacular at dreaming boldly and then bringing that to life. You know, one of the things that we really see as the unique intersection of the motivations and really abilities of our guests is that they're not just dreamers, they're doers. You know, it's one thing to dream and then dream and then dream and then dream. And there are a lot of people that can do and maybe not be as bold about what they do. Bridging those two is the thing that I think is such an inspiration to me in terms of these guests. And the other thing that I would say is we really wanted to bridge our credit union community that you and I love so dearly with the Michigan community and others that we have been inspired by. And so I really think the eclectic nature of the guests we've been able to chat with is another really special part of this podcast. You are so good at storytelling. That has been something that I would say you've always brought to the table. And you've talked a lot about how for our credit union industry specifically, we have to tell our stories because we're this best kept secret. And I love that you've translated that really strong storytelling into what you've been able to do on this podcast. You've hosted some really, really remarkable humans over the course of the season. And that seems like an impossible dream in and of itself. I agree with that. And I have to tell you, you know, Josh is here with me as we do the recording and he's been with us from the beginning. And it's so much fun to be able to have these conversations. And I would say, and you and I will dive into this, as we've asked questions, there've been moments where I had to just sit after we finished recording because my mind was blown (laughs) about what we learned and how much these guests have stretched me. So I feel really, really lucky to have been able to have these conversations. And I think even more importantly, share them out. And I hope that people are finding that inspiration as they listen. Absolutely. Well, it seems like there are some really common threads with all of your guests on their journey to pursue and reach their impossible dreams. 
I want to know more about what some of your favorite moments have been this season as you've heard their stories. I mean, I'm sure it's hard to pick, but do you have any favorites? I do. And this is why I only have one child, because when you ask me who's my favorite, I can say Mackenzie and I don't have to worry about it. And (laughs) now I have to pick. So I have to say all of them are my favorite and we have to choose a few. So I thought we would run through a few of those. One in particular, someone that you and I know so well, Andy Janning, and he's doing an amazing pilot with us around those that have been impacted with cancer. And so he shared a little bit about his impossible in that regard. So my big impossible right now, uh, I'm trying to convince credit unions, uh, starting off with credit unions, to take these bold, these unprecedented steps to help members who are suffering just the, the catastrophic financial trauma that comes from a cancer diagnosis, cancer, which is the most expensive disease that most of us are ever going to face. That big impossible is made of these three smaller impossibles. So the first one is what I call pause cancer debt, uh, which is for credit unions to offer a 12-month pause in all non-commercial loan payments, interest, and late fees for any member that's experiencing financial distress from non-terminal cancer. The second impossible is what I'm calling end terminal debt, which is when credit unions cancel the non-commercial debt they hold of every member that's diagnosed with terminal cancer. Now, all of the third impossible is is kind of a is kind of a the, the kind of binding agent. This is a group called Cancer Care Agents. I want I want credit unions to create a position that is this dedicated team of credit union employees whose mission it is to protect and nourish the financial, the physical, the emotional well-being of members and caregivers during their cancer journey. Because we, I think we would all admit that the financial needs of someone who is in cancer treatment, who's literally trying to figure out how to keep the lights on while trying to stay alive, is fundamentally different than the needs of members that are calling in just to get their current balance or to you know, get a stop payment placed. So if we can find a way as financial services, starting with credit unions, who I think are the beating heart of financial services, to really lead out in that, I think that could be transformational. Amazing to think about credit unions being the beating heart. I love what he said there. And I also think it's so incredible to think about, you know, his personal journey, how cancer has impacted his family and his ability to then lead that into this challenge for credit unions to do better. What an important, critical mission Andy is talking about there. You and I both have known and and loved Andy for so long. And I think what he's been able to do in the industry in terms of really saying, hey, this is such an important part. And maybe credit unions haven't fully embraced all the opportunities that there are to support those really vulnerable members. Such a cool story. Thanks. Thanks for that. What else, Tansley? What's another another favorite that you've got uh, sitting in your back pocket? Of course, all favorites, but what's all another favorites. standout yes. favorite? <laughs> I have to tell you, Vince Kudlubek, who is someone that I had the opportunity to meet when I was in Colorado, such an, an inspiring human being. And I will say to you, this was one of the podcast recordings where I sat in the chair after we finished and was really trying to pick my head up off the ground. So I have a pretty big impossible that, um, you know, that I've been driving towards for a while. I mean, it's, it's essentially the belief that like, um, you know, that like consciousness has gone through many evolutions. I mean, we, we like, you know, consciousness expands and collective consciousness expands. Like at one point, like we weren't even capable of really understanding the nature of time. Um, we didn't have the tools to do so, um, as, as a, as conscious entities. Um, and that was, that was long ago. That was like hundreds of thousands of years ago. Um, but then we emerged into 
what is now a very like a very clear understanding of time because our consciousness expanded and we use tools like language in order to get there and um and i i just have a belief that we're going that we're, we're that that process hasn't stopped and that there's like another sort of realm that we are kind of un sort of unaware of right now like or maybe slightly aware of that as like the collective consciousness evolves it's going to become even more and more and more part of our lives and that realm is the imagination that realm is dream and so like my impossible is that you know within our lifetime we will be like experiencing the imagination uh all the time <laughs> like it just always it like and and that the that like it's scary for most folks like the the um the barrier between what's real and what's fake is going to become almost non-existent. It's, like it's going to basically be non-existent. And, um, and that's a really scary thought, like deep fakes, for instance, or like fake right. news or like, but it's only a scary thought when that dichotomy between real and fake is still present. But once that dichotomy is eliminated, and everything is just real and fake at the same time, like a dream, basically like a dream. Um, then I think we've kind of reached a, a new kind of level of experience of being human or being being conscious entities. I mean, I don't I don't even know what to say, Lauren. His brain is so big and powerful that I just <laughs> this clip makes my brain hurt. I can't imagine the things he's talking about, and yet they're like right there. <laughs> Yes. That is incredible. Yes. So for our listeners that haven't been, you got to go to Meow Wolf. Vince dreamt this up and you got to listen to the full episode because he truly is on to something. The thing that is such a connectedness to credit unions is this idea, I think, of collective consciousness is so closely tied to what we do as cooperatives in terms of our values coming together. And I would say the more that we can imagine and the more boldly we can do that, the more credit unions can accomplish. Absolutely. Wow. Well, what an inspiring clip. I can see why your jaw is just on the floor <laughs> at the end of that episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, Tansley, who else is a guest that really inspired you? Do we have any other clips? We do. We have a whole bunch. One that I want to mention is Monica Merritt. So she's the superintendent of schools for Plymouth Canton, which is our hometown and actually my daughter's school system. And Monica is so inspiring in terms of the way that she thinks about leading and imagine as a superintendent leading through the pandemic. So you've talked a bit about this. What are some of the challenges that you face that seemed insurmountable? I'll tell you, I keep going back to that pandemic. I'm glad Hi. to be coming out of it. But yes. I will tell you in the role of superintendent, we didn't have a playbook. No. And there's such um, expectations for what are you going to do? And I think that there has been, never been more of a divisive time in our community. So every decision that you make, you have half of the community at support and half of the community upset. And I think because we're crossing over into you know, health, and we are educators, and we're making decisions that that many feel should be decisions that they are able to make for their children. That became um, a really divisive uh, time. And again, people expect that we had all of the answers, but we didn't. And so we tried to just keep focused on what was best for students in every decision that we made. Uh, and coming out of that pandemic, it, at times it felt like it was insurmountable. 
Um, but coming out and even looking at our achievement scores, we have surpassed national averages for reading, for example. Um, I think some of the choices that we made, we started off on a half day. We focused on numeracy and literacy, mm-hmm. and there were some people that disagreed, but we see that our students were were on track. And so um, definitely a challenge. We made it through, but there were times that we just thought, <laughs> How, how are we going to get through this? I'm so proud of our district, though, because I do believe that we got through it together, again, with keeping our mind focused and our decisions focused on making um, all of our decisions on what we believe was best for students, student first. It's powerful. Lauren, you and I have talked a lot about strategy and the grounding of our values you can hear coming through in a time when you don't know what the answer is staying focused on those values and the purpose of the organization and the power that that brings. What a heavy burden to have on your shoulders, you know, not just the education and the learning of so many children, but also the burden of knowing that the decisions you're making are affecting their physical health and well-being too, and really balancing that. That's got to be so tough, but so great to hear her talk about that experience. And you've done a little bit of work too with some some ways to support the financial well-being of children too. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming out of uh, of CFCU there. That's right. We're excited. First credit union to bring green light to bear. <laughs> Got to give a shout out to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of some of the cool work that you're doing, you have also partnered at CFCU with Tony Rocco. Mm-hmm. Is, is one of his clips going to make it into this episode? It has to, because I'll tell you, this is probably in my top three. If I had to do a top three, this would be on the list because we asked him about whether or not there was a point in his journey where he felt like giving up and his answer will inspire me for the rest of my life. Yes. Um, I think daily, you know, I mean, I would be painting at night feel so good about what I was doing and then wake up to an alarm clock, you know, and have to go to work and think, Oh, that was a, you know, fallacy. And this is not a reality. And I quit and I give up. But the one thing that I can really say about me is they were very short lived. They were, mm. they were often and sometimes even daily, but very short lived, yeah. you know, like I would within a few hours often, you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, let's get back to work. You know what I mean? Cause you know, you, I had the curse of you just, just, I couldn't quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so. Where do you think that comes from? That rigor or drive? I think it's um, seeing, you know, the tenacity of uh, immigrants who come to this mm-hmm. country and they don't speak the language yeah. and they don't have a vehicle. And, they, and many times they didn't have a place to stay. They were staying with somebody and they found a way to get a job and get to the grocery store and learn what to buy. And... Um, but I've learned that that tenacity is also something that it's a, it's also a double-edged sword Yeah. because sometimes you need to give up on yeah. the wrong thing. <laughs> right. And, you know, let's say it's a relationship you're in and you're in with the wrong person and you've been conditioned your whole life to not give up. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden it's not serving you well. Yeah. So again, um, a good and a bad thing at times. And he talked during our conversation about the fact that, you know, if you could quit, 
you would and he couldn't right as an artist mm -hmm. it's not a choice and i think that's so true when you really have a dream wow yeah there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with making dreams imp impossible dreams come to life who else is on your mind? What was another standout episode for you, Tansley, this season? Well, I have to go to two in a row here. So the first two, Molly Bell was my very first guest, and you and I both adore Molly Bell. And she's an executive at Ant, and then she's got this amazing thing that she does. She started a place called Fostering Love Rescues, which is a sanctuary for animals in Colorado. So she inspires me. What's something you've learned through this impossibility you've brought to life? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to grit and determination. That's right. That's right. Let's not stay in the wallowing. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, and you are so good at this, right? It's truly like this idea that no dreams too big. And sometimes you got to take small, like small steps down your path. But if you see that path and you see that dream, it's not you can go after it, right? And it's it matters more that we have the dream than how we're going to step forward to make the dream a reality. Does that make sense? It does a ton. So I hope that answers the question. It does. Oh, Molly is such a cool human. <laughs> yes, really. And big dreamer. And also makes me laugh, as you could hear. <laughs> Yes, always. I will have to make it out to the new location of Fostering Love Rescues. I have not been there yet, but what a cool dream that Molly has been able to bring to life. Yes, yes. And so my mom also joined us early on. And what I realized as I listened to her, which, you know, sometimes you know things about your family and the people that you love, but it has to smack you in the face to really see it. And as I did that podcast with her, I recognize that she is as fearless as anyone I know. What's your advice for folks that face the fear of inaction and to use that fire in their bellies to move towards impossible in their lives? Well, fear can be debilitating. Yeah. Um, so whatever it is that you can do to get yourself past the fear is the first thing to do because <laughs> I've heard you say, Many times. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. And I think that's a good approach. I think <clears throat> I think you have to um, put yourself in in that mode of thinking. Um, again, coming up with some alternatives, perhaps, um, to try to <clears throat> move yourself off square one. But I know that when you're afraid, that's very hard to do. And mm -hmm. I, I know that moving off square one when you're um, really, really afraid is hard. Um, passion helps. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're really, really passionate about something, that helps you. Um, because if you love something dearly and you understand it and you want to pursue it dearly, um, that will help motivate you. But, uh, boy, that fear thing is a is a killer to get past sometimes. You know, it freezes people. People mm -hmm. can be just be absolutely frozen yeah. from fear. Um, and I feel bad when people are in, in that situation where they're afraid. I don't think I've ever seen you afraid of something. Maybe a snake. <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. Are are you also scared of snakes, Tansley? Terrified, Lauren Culp. I do not wish to see a snake, and I yes. have an irrational because really, generally, very few times does something bad happen. But I don't know. There's something about a snake. There really is. Well, I can see so much of what your mom has brought into your life. Such a cool story. And her episode is a really great one. Yeah, it is. Another one, Lauren, that I think we've got to notice here is our conversation with Keith Bynum and Evan Thomas, our partnership with them, their organization, Nine Design and their HGTV show, Bargain Block. It's just incredible. And they talked a little bit about their journey to move to Detroit and do some of their work there. Well, so we were actually, so we were flipping houses in Colorado. Uh, we had sort of slowly renovated the one house that we were living in. And then we had bought another house up further up in the mountains. And we were working on that um, just sort of like, well, I was still in in school. And when we closed in that house, then Keith actually quit his job to, to focus on that house full time. And what we did eventually finished both of those houses and we were sort of looking for our next project and it became very obvious as we were looking that there's no way we were going to be able to afford uh denver because it was just way too much money to really do what we did here we would probably have needed millions in capital right and we had like a hundred thousand yeah, max <laughs> i think it was like we came to detroit with like seventy thousand from the sale of the last one yeah and we bought a twelve thousand dollars for the first one and that was like for us to live off of and also flip. Right. So it was like really not that, no, not that much money. And, you know, we'd moved to the area, all of our cash flow base that we had in Colorado, like the furniture sales and any kind of client where it disappeared. So it was, it was like, there was a, there were many years, but there were a long run, run of years that it was like, it was just sheer will that we got through it. Honestly, it was just mainly because we just knew we couldn't fail if we failed we were failing so many people financially and we just we couldn't do that. You hear that note that is a theme throughout, which is this idea, there is no second choice, right? The dream is the dream. You are all in on that dream. And it sounds like that is one of the components of success of bringing some of these impossible dreams to life. I think so. Well, Lauren, I would love to keep doing this all day. And I think there's one that we've got to do before we land, which is a dear friend of yours and mine, Linda Bodie, who won the 2023 Herb Wagner Memorial Award. You and I both have been inspired, I think, by Linda over the years. And what she says is super compelling. What's your next impossible, my friend? <laughs> uh I really don't know, but I know it's going to be something crazy <laughs> and exciting. And people are going to say, what in the world are you doing now? Because that's just been my life. But I'm, I'm sure it'll be something fantastic or, you know, mundane. You and I both know it will not be mundane. <laughs> no, not at all. Linda is just such an inspiration and the things that she has brought to life. I, it is no surprise she was the, that Herb Wagner Memorial Award winner last year. That's right. Well, Lauren, I got to ask you, what's your next impossible, my friend? 
Oh, Tansley, there are so many impossible dreams. One of my favorites is getting to connect credit unions all across the country and all, all across the globe. So I think we've got a lot of dreams that we're dreaming up about ways that we can do that. That's, uh, that's next on my list and we'll see where it goes from there. Amazing. Well, your leadership in our industry inspires me every single day. And, you know, you have always been someone that has zero fear, much like my mother, about taking on that next challenge. And you've demonstrated that and I think helped make our industry better. So there was nobody better to help us wrap season one. Amazing. Well, Tansley, what is your next impossible dream? Mm, you know, my impossible that I want to land before I retire is I want to see that this next generation is dreaming about working in credit unions the way they dream about working in tech companies. So my impossible mm -hmm. is that we become the employer of choice for the next generation of humans. You heard it here first. When that comes to life, you can point back to this episode and say, we, we said it here. <laughs> Well, thank you, my friend. It's such a gift to spend this time with you and share these favorites. Although I want to say to everyone, you should listen to them all because they're fantastic. <laughs> they're all good. No one favorite child. No. <laughs> thank you, Tansley. Your podcast has been such an inspiration. What a great season one, and we can't wait for season two. This concludes today's episode. For exclusive content, visit us at despiteimpossible.com and subscribe to this podcast.